This is Philip A. Flood reporting from the National Institute of Health. We have just learned that Dr. Fauci is retiring. When asked, why now, doctor? Fauci simply responded that he would like a little bit more time to spend with his beagles, his bats, his pangolins, and maybe even a few monkeys. This has been your breaking news update. I'm Philip A. Flood, and now back to your regularly scheduled program. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Thinking Logically. This is the Podfather, and I'm joined by Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. We are ready to roll with this episode. We have a lot of fresh content for all of you after uh, our last episode late last week. It's been a, a, an eventful weekend and beginning, and beginning to this week. Uh, Joe, what's going on over there in, uh, in Corsiville? Um, we have a little farm over here, so we are doing the whole, uh, nursing, at least my wife is, like I said, I am not a chest feeder, but we're doing the whole, uh, nursing thing. So we got a little farm going over here. It's like every two to three hours, uh, our son crew, he's up a little more during the night than the day, but other than that, I cannot complain, man. He is very easy for us. So. Well, awesome. Awesome. So, um, well, that's exciting. We had Game of Thrones spinoff premiere last night on HBO. Uh, or two nights ago, excuse me. Uh, Did you say Game of Thrones or Game of Thrones or Game of Function? <laughs> we'll get into Game of Function in a little bit. I know you're excited. I know you're chomping at the bit right now. <laughs> we had uh, House of the Dragon premiere Sunday night on HBO Max. Awesome episode, and uh, we're back. We're back in the Thrones world. Coming up in the next couple uh, week or two, we got a big one Sunday coming up. Um, so hopefully we'll see you there and, uh, yeah, we want to jump into this episode. So the big news that all of you may or may not have heard of, uh, hopefully you heard, heard about this is that we are going to be saying goodbye to one of our favorite scientists. That would be Dr. Anthony, Tony Fauci has announced his retirement. Joe floor is yours. Okay, so we're going to start off with a quote from, this is a tweet actually, from the former Surgeon General Jerome Adams. And he tweeted, Tony, referring to Dr. Fauci, Tony never asked for the spotlight. Not once in 50 years. I'm going to have trouble just getting through this before. Not once in 50 years, but at times when others ran from it or sought it for their personal gain, he's always done his best to give good advice and help the public. He's human, and humans are imperfect, but that doesn't make him nefarious. What the hell is he talking about? Never wanted the spotlight? This is the same guy that has his own Major League Baseball card. He posted on the cover of magazines. How many magazines? Hold on. I have it up here. He Let's threw see. the first pitch out of the Washington Nationals game, for crying out loud. I bet you he wants to forget that one, though. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move it to another tweet here. This is from Sean Davis on Twitter. It actually has not all of them, but a lot of the magazine covers that Fauci's been on. You know, the guy that, that shies away from this kind of stuff. So one is People Magazine. He's sitting on the cover looking all smug saying, I believe we can turn this around is the headline. Then there's Person of the Year. Guess who it is? Dr. Fauci posing in his lab coat. 
which I find it weird that he wears a lab coat. He hasn't probably seen or assessed a patient in 30 years. Then there's the famous In Style magazine one where he's sitting with his legs crossed next to a pool. I wish he would fall in and drown. But then we have another Time uh, article, and there's just uh, another one, Audiophile magazine, um, the top docs, the Washingtonian. And it has him putting on a mask saying, wear a mask. And there's just so many of these. So again, you're telling me that Tony Fauci never wanted the spotlight? Let's not forget this guy was on television. Um, let me check. Every single day. So this motherfucker spent over a half century in a government job. Why would he resign now? Why? Is he trying to get in front of something? Um, is he afraid that maybe as a federal employee, he would have no choice but to testify in front of Congress when asked? In my opinion, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but trust me, this is all about uh, messaging and optics. And the media is going to get their narrative prepared as well, because you best believe they're going to defend Dr. Fauci. Um, you have to understand, if Dr. Fauci steps down now, it'll look bad when Republicans win in November, take over the Congress a month later, a month after his retirement, and then at 90 years old, force him to battle subpoenas after five decades of public service. This is what they're going to say. You, you watch. You watch. Guaranteed. All of a sudden, when he, re when he resigns or retires in the next Republicans take over, refusing to testify or show up for a congressional subpoena is about to go from something you should be thrown in jail for to an honorable way to fight against a tyrannical fascist Republican oversight committee that is going after private citizens that once served their country. Uh, now, okay. Now, for some of you people that have had your heads under a rock the last three years, you might be wondering, why in the hell would anyone want to subpoena Dr. Fauci to testify in front of Congress? Um, for one, his emails. And this next one's going to come from another tweet. This is from Greg Price on Twitter. Never forget that scientists told Fauci at the beginning of the pandemic, the virus looked engineered. He then publicly covered up the lab leak theory and was thanked for it by, by Mark, Peter Dashak, and I'll let you get to him if you want later, from the Eco Health Alliance, the company through which Fauci's NIH funded, the, through which Fauci's NIH funded the Wuhan lab. And these emails are, I mean, I can read them. Um, some of it doesn't make any sense at all, but it's, it's out there right there. His emails, some of it is redacted, so we can't see most of it, but the people are basically out there saying that it looks engineered and this this is science talk. I mean, this is a little bit beyond my pay grade. But Mark, do you have any thoughts on these emails that are getting no attention or the lack of attention they have gotten? Well, let's let's back up from the beginning there. I, I really like your take on this. I think you're spot on with the media narrative and he's going to resign now. And, uh, you know, when it comes to testifying in front of Congress, you know, the Republican House, they are going to go after, as I said before, and as we've said before, Hunter Biden and Tony Fauci. It's, it's going to happen. It, it's like pretty much a guaranteed a given that they will be investigating these two outstanding citizens of the United States of America. 
So it makes sense for Fauci to step down now because just as we saw with Pelosi in her uh, swan song trip to Taiwan, Fauci says, you know, I'm going to I'm just going to go out now. You know, that way, you know, I don't have to I'm not going to be required to testify under Congress as a federal employee. Right. So I just Googled, did a quick search as it was we're doing this here of Tony Fauci. And I, I had to see how old he was, really, because I, I, you know, I didn't know. He's 81, right? He's worth about $10.5 million net worth. In some of the, the headlines that are out there in the media, it's from CNN, opinion. What made Dr. Fauci a leader? From nature, he has saved countless lives. U.S. scientist on Fauci leaving NIH role. USA Today, how Dr. Anthony Fauci's service to this country will be remembered. And then from the New York Times opinion, Anthony Fauci's retirement marks the end of an era. This man is a complete fraud. This is a complete fraud. And I, and I will preface this by saying I was big on Fauci at the beginning. Um, I thought that he had all the answers. But at the end of the day, the media made Fauci out to be a god. Right? The media made him out to be a god. He virtually in a way, unilaterally made decisions that affected 330 million Americans unilaterally by what he was saying. And whether you like him or not, Donald Trump was right about him from the beginning. He was skeptical of Fauci. Remember some of those press conferences and some of the things that, you know, he would come out and say publicly where he was critical of Fauci. And he actually said, I think at one time, whatever Fauci said, He did the opposite. Uh, Folks, that was two and a half years ago. Who was right and who was wrong? I asked that question. Who was right and who was wrong? So, real quick, real quick. I hate hate to interrupt. um, And maybe this could be your next point. I hate if I'm stealing it. But do you think it's possible that maybe Donald Trump just put him, let him be out there, put him out there because he, he had to be out there. There's no way Donald Trump could have got rid of him before this. But he basically, I don't want to use the term, gave him enough rope to hang himself. But that's what I'm getting at. Um, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I, I never thought about, about it from that standpoint. I think that he was already on board, you know, with infectious diseases. And maybe, you know, that was the logical choice for the Trump administration to bring him on. Um, so that that's my other thought with that. But. Um, as far as the emails go, I mean, we know why they're not being covered. You know, we know that in the early days of the pandemic, there were emails circulating that people thought that this was engineered in a lab. They thought it was, you know, almost like, I don't want to say too good to be true, but, you know, reacting in a way that this could not have come from an animal. This was produced in a lab. And, you know, they covered that up from the beginning. So, um, and this goes back to gain of function. I know you're going to get into Rand Paul and his grilling of Dr. Fauci uh, and congressional testimony and things like that. So, um, again, you know, this is the end of an era and it's an era that um, we're going to look back upon one day. And we're going to say, what were we doing listening to this man? You know, how could one man have so much power who was never elected to any office in this country, who is acting unilaterally? And the media made him out to be a god. It's why people are still wearing masks today. It just, it just doesn't, you know. 
whatever. But you know, we, when, I, when I see when I see little four and five year olds walking around the store with a little piece of cloth over their face, you know, I think of Fauci. I think of Fauci because he created this monster. And, Go ahead. And, and the, well, the worst part about it is um, the motherfucker flip flop when it came to giving medical advice the entire pandemic, the entire time. First, it was don't wear a mask. Then it was wear a mask. Then it was wear two masks. Then it was wear a mask while you were driving. Then it was wear a mask during Christmas dinner with your family. And then then there's the advice on giving everyone on planet Earth an experimental mRNA vaccine. 20 years ago, and I think we actually played this maybe two weeks ago, the clip of Fauci saying um, 20 years ago, it wasn't a smart idea to rush vaccines because you don't know what effect it might have decades down the road. Today, Dr. Fauci wants every man, woman, and child vaccinated and boosted and boosted again and again. And we could just keep on going and going and going. Um, we could get into the gain of function. Uh, I, I just noticed now, um, right before we went on, I, I watched Tucker, and he covered uh, Rand Paul in that exchange really well. It's basically just Rand Paul asking if he wants to retract his statement, reading the definition of gain of function, and Fauci playing word games and denying it. And, and you can let me, tell. Let me, read the, let me read the definition of gain of function because I think a lot of people don't really know what this means. Gain of function research is medical research that genetically alters an organism in a way that may enhance the biological functions of gene products. This may include an altered pathogenesis, transmissibility, or host range, i.e., the types of host that a microorganism can infect. Hmm. Does that sound like? Uh, the coronavirus to you, um, I would say yes. Another question, why are we contracting this kind of work out to China and maybe Ukraine? Who knows what the whatever's going on with the labs there? Um, right. why, well, I know why we can't do it here. I think this goes back to the Obama administration. They signed some kind of ex- executive order or law. They, they didn't want any business of this on American soil and probably for good reason. So that's just another thing he should have to answer for. If it was if it was outlawed here, why would it be done in a different country? Right. And why are your fingerprints all over it? And why are you denying it? Yeah. And back and back to what you were just saying. He was the one giving. And if I hear this word again, I'm going to lose my mind. Guidance on whether or not families could eat Thanksgiving dinner with each other or spend Christmas with one another. He was the one coming out and saying, yeah, you better, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to gather around the table this Thanksgiving. Maybe next year we'll have a normal Thanksgiving. He was the one that was coming out and saying that, and people were listening to him. You can't blame the people, though. You cannot blame the people because, I mean, a lot of people listened to him in, in March. of, And he gave good advice before March. Get exercise. Get out in the sun. Right. Right. So, um, just, do you want to go back to masks? Oh yeah, we 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 we're definitely going to move back to masks. We cannot we cannot forget about masks. So, he was Mister Mask first. Like I said, he's in that famous interview saying, "There's no reason to be wearing a mask. No reason to be wearing a mask." And then he became the poster boy for it. So again, I ask, two and a half years later, you know where my you you got anyone listening knows my position on these things. Why hasn't anyone ever shown us the studies that show that masks are effective? And they work. It's been almost three years. Where are those studies? Someone remind me, what is the size of the COVID-19 virus? 
what masks have an effective enough filtration rate to stop the virus from getting through the fibers? And I actually have an interesting article here from USA News. Um, I believe this is from San- the woman's from Santa Clara County. She's the health official. Yeah. A public health officer, Sarah Cody, basically just admitted under oath that she has no idea the size of the COVID SARS COVID virus. And she relied on the a flawed Bangladesh mask study as proof that masks work. They, they, these people are getting away with this. I mean, you have five-year-olds, six-year-olds, high school kids having to wear, who knows if it'll be this year, but having to wear masks to attend and get an education. And there is no proof that they work. If anything, there's actually evidence that they're detrimental to your health. I mean, you could look at yeah. the Florida study where they swabbed, I don't know how many masks and it was like 70 plus percent came back with some kind of fungus or bacteria growing on them after one use. You said that from the beginning. You said that two years ago, and people called you crazy about about the infection and about the bacteria in a mask. You, I mean, know, you, you, know, you know how I knew for sure? In the early days of the pandemic, I was at the coal plant. I was at Bruce Mansfield, and I wore an N95. That, the coal dust gets in your nose, and it's just it turns your nose black, and you blow that stuff out for days. And the size of the COVID-19 virus was... 17, I think, times smaller or 20 sometimes smaller than than your average particle of of coal dust flying around. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, well, it means nothing because I I have pictures of me with an N95 and then like a sheet over that. And I'm still having black stuff all over my face. So if that's getting through, then a virus definitely is. It was just that simple to me. I I lived it through experience. I just didn't understand. Then, Then you have these doctors that, you know, they go to school for 30 years. To give you this advice? What? While we're talking about this, I'm, I'm going to bump up the Catholic corner, this week's Catholic corner to right now. We were in church Saturday night down in the Strip District, St. St. Stanislaus. So we got there a few minutes late because of traffic on Green Tree Hill coming down. So we walked in about 408, 409 to 4 p.m. mass. So we were looking for a seat and then we walk in and we go to the left. And I see these pews that were roped off. I'm like, why are these pews here back here roped off? Here, it was the social distancing and masking section. I was like, no, you, you have to be kidding me, right? I thought we were like past this. So I go up to the, the front row of that section where there's like a divide in between, um, right in the middle of the church there. And I go to sit down. And the lady who I sat next to had a mask on. She says, this is the social distancing section. I guess I was too close to her. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, trying to be nice about it. So I slide down a few feet down where there was no one else sitting. So about five minutes later, another guy comes in and sits between me and and this lady with the mask on. She literally gets up and just walks out of church, right? Right. As soon as this guy um, sat down next to her. And I was just like, like, you got to be kidding me, right? We're still doing this, but back to you. I mean, you can't blame the people. They were told this by, by, so for their entire lives, these people were told to listen and trust these people. These people are medical experts. They save lives. You, you cannot expect people just to on a dime, just get it like that. I, I mean, you can't, but at a certain point we have to hold someone responsible for this, um, I, I don't know if we ever will, to be honest with you. Um, there, there has to be public accountability, though. I mean, for someone like Dr. Fauci to flip-flop and to get paid what he got paid and do all these TV interviews and all these magazine covers, 
I mean, people are giving better medical advice on Twitter. And, and, and what's, what's worse is they were getting their accounts suspended for it. I mean, this is beyond Orwellian, beyond, beyond. I mean, right. in my opinion, Dr. Fauci is an enemy combatant. That's the term I'm going to use, enemy combatant. He has his dirty hands all over this pandemic and everything that's resulted from it, followed it, everything. Maybe they need to raid his house and take his passport. Mark, you have anything else to add? Um, I got our producer buzzing in my ear here saying we got to take a commercial break here. So, No, I think, I think we said everything we need to say about Fauci. Have a great retirement, Tony. Uh, enjoy your time, your free time out there. Uh, back in New York City or wherever else you go. We'll see you in Washington, D.C. next year. Okay. All right. We're going to pause here for a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk Joe Biden and more vacations. Do you remember the coronavirus? Well, then you'll love this collection of sound bites from the past two years. Introducing, now that's what I call COVID-19, Dr. Fauci edition. Including such timeless classics as Don't Wear a Mask. Boy, there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. And another fan favorite, how about you put on two masks? A physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. And who could forget masks forever? Why do you think Americans might have to wear masks into 2022? You know, because it depends on the low, on the level of, 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 uh, of, di- that's right. Call 1-800-554-1600 and reserve your copy today. Why not buy two copies? How about three? Maybe four. This is for Dr. Fauci, so why not five? Keep on buying them till you can't afford them. All right, and we are back, and we are going to cover Joe Biden coming back from, I believe, is it back-to-back vacations? And I believe he's going on another one. Let's see here. So according to the White House, POTUS will remain on summer vacation until Wednesday and through Thursday, I believe, where he will travel to Montgomery County, Maryland, and attend a Democratic National Committee event. We going um, back to back to back. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oddly enough, though, and this is crazy, the media is is high fiving and, and and giving Biden tons of props, saying he's having his best weeks ever. Do they not realize this guy is nowhere to be found? And th- this is when he has his best weeks. Maybe that's why. Uh, it has to be number one. He's not running it. Ron Klain's his chief of staff. He's running things. He has no control. He makes no decisions. He is just the idiot shit shield. I've been asking that since the beginning. Who is running the country? Because it's not Joe Biden. He's the shit shield. Do you realize how many things they, they can get away with having a dementia patient in the White House? Because you focus on that. You don't focus on the things that are happening behind the scenes. So that while this guy's traveling the, earth, the world or the United States going from vacation to vacation to vacation, I, I mean, they're spiking the football on the work his administration's doing. And I don't know. It's just wake up, people. Wake up and smell the coffee. See what's going on. You 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 got a you got a eighty year old man doesn't even know where he's at, signing executive orders that he probably thinks are coloring books, like I said last episode. And and this is this is what we got going on. I don't know how we got here, but we're here. 
Let's just let's try to fix it. Okay, we're going to Did I read that he's building a fence around his house in Rehoboth Beach? Yes, of course. Yeah. Because walls work only whenever you're, you know. Yeah, he's building a wall around. He should actually, instead of doing that, he probably should put training wheels on his bike next time he goes for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my. All right, we're going to move on. Speaking of presidents, we have a video from Liz Cheney talking about why she cannot support people that deny the integrity of our elections or, or some bullshit like that. Let's just play the clip here. So, so you said you're going to work against election deniers. If it's not Trump and if it's, if it's somebody like Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, th- these are all people that have tied themselves very closely uh, to Trump. Will you oppose them? I mean, could you see yourself supporting any of them? Uh, it would be very difficult when you look at somebody like Josh Hawley or somebody like Ted Cruz, both of whom... Uh, know better, both of whom know exactly what the role of Congress is in terms of our constitutional obligations with respect to uh, presidential elections, uh, and yet both of whom took steps that that fundamentally threatened um, the the constitutional order and structure in the aftermath of the last election. So, you know, in, in my view, they they both uh, have made themselves unfit for future office. What about DeSantis? DeSantis is somebody who is right now campaigning for election deniers. Uh, And I think that is something that that I think people have got to have real pause about. You know, either you fund. All right. I can't can't hear anymore. Uh, Joe, Joe, yeah. What what is an election denier, first of all? Um, I have have no idea what you can call it because people don't understand. The two of our colleagues on the January 6th committee are election deniers. Raskin <laughs> in 2017, uh, he, he voted to, um, was it when, when Trump won and it was all oh, Russia, 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 Russia interfered, he voted to stop, stop the count then. It just didn't work because he had no one else help, help. No one else wanted to go on that ledge. But he did. Also, I believe Benny Thompson did with, was it George Bush and, or no, was it Kerry and George Bush or was it George Bush? And I don't know. I know Benny Thompson did as well. So she has two election deniers on the January 6th committee. And you know who another election denier is? Your girl, the press secretary, Jean Longpom Pierre. What, what the hell is her name? Oh, oh, the Karine de La, the Marquis de Lafayette. Yeah. Yes. Karine she's Jean- an election denier. Yes, she's an election denier because she denied uh, Trump's win in 2016, correct? Yeah. They say she's an election denier as well. Lots of election deniers out there. I I don't know where these people get off. Like you went out and you got walloped by 40 points in your home state. And that you still didn't learn any lessons from that. In in an area with as many votes as like Beaver County. Yes. (laughs) And and, and what's worse is you had every Democrat trying to vote Republican to save her ass. And it still didn't work. It still wasn't (laughs) Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of polls, do you want to move on to more polling or? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. The only polling website that we quote and we will cite because we are confident and we have, we trust the Trafalgar group, Robert Kahaley. Fresh polling out of uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Nevada. Okay. So we have Nevada governor's race. Um, if the election for governor were held today, for whom would you vote? This was three day, four days ago. Uh, Republican Joe Lombardo leads Democrat Steve Sisolak 
by about uh, three percentage points. All right, we have almost six percent undecided there. Um, for the, the Nevada Senate race, now in the other polling that we've seen come out in the last couple of days, the Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto has shown a lead over Republican Adam Laxalt. Not in this poll, not in Robert Cahaley's Trafalgar poll. If the election for U.S. Senate were held today, for whom would you vote? 46.7% say Adam Laxalt, 44.3% say Catherine Cortez Masto, and 5.5% are undecided. Huge, huge Senate race out in Nevada. Uh, we turn our attention to Pennsylvania. Uh, this was two days ago. If the election for the U.S. Senate were held today, for whom would you vote? Um, John Fetterman, 48.4%. Mehmet Oz, 43.5%. So uh, Fetterman almost with a five percentage point lead over Oz here in Pennsylvania with 4.6 undecided. And then for governor, we have Shapiro with about a four percentage point lead uh, over Doug Mastriano with about 5% also undecided. So, and we'll get into those, that one in particular in a second. But then we look at Ohio, this came out yesterday. Um, if the election for U.S. Senate were held today, for whom would you vote? J.D. Vance, Hillbilly Elegy with almost four and a half percentage point lead over Tim Ryan with about five and a half percent undecided. So that's good news in Ohio. That seat is being vacated by uh, Republican Rob Portman. So Republicans need to hold on to Ohio. Uh, Mike DeWine also with the commanding lead in, go in the governor's race. But back to Pennsylvania, um, we're just, I just don't understand what Oz and this campaign are doing. Come out with this weird ad, um, you know, basically portraying Fetterman as some loony bin, um, which he is. Um, but to be down five percentage points in Pennsylvania. Wait, which ad are you talking about? Are you talking about the ad where his... his... The bong comes out of his brain. Okay, I want everyone listening to... Mute next time you see that commercial, mute it. I, I, maybe I did not put this on my Instagram. Mute it and add the song Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Start it right when they talk about you can have an aeroplane flying, and it fits perfectly. Now, again, Dr. Oz played that weird music that sucked, it, it made, made me want to shut it off immediately. Why not spend some of your war chest money and just do the Peter Gabriel entire music video and pay for the licensing for the song and everything. I, I, I just don't get it. Why yeah. are they making the worst commercials ever? Then there was a supermarket commercial where it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he's trying to act like an everyday person. That's not you, Dr. Oz. We could see yeah. right through it. As I said before, why isn't he tying John Fetterman to Joe Biden? That's all he needs to do. Case closed. Like, we've seen some billboards. I don't know if you've seen the billboard out in Robinson uh, with, a, uh, with Joe Biden and Josh Shapiro on a billboard. Why isn't the Oz campaign doing the same thing? It would be much, much tighter. Um, but I don't know. These Senate polling, you know, people say don't believe the polls. I know we've seen Trump uh, truth that uh, in the last week. Don't believe the polls uh, in regards to the Senate, Senate races. But. I don't know. I just don't know. I think this um, is legit. I, I think Fetterman is going to win. I'm telling I you. I do too. I do too. If I think Fetterman would win if it was held today. You know, we're coming down to this election's in two and a half months. You know, so Oz really has to close the gap. I think Mastorino has a better uh, shot to win governor. If he, had, he told me that four or five months ago, I would have said you're crazy. But 
Um, it looks like he does. He's, he's at least closer to Shapiro. So these are, these are massive, massive races. You know, our, our listeners and everyone, actually, educate yourself, pay attention, and know who you're voting for and what they support. Because yeah. this, the, especially the governor, this, this is a big election. Big. Yeah, and we're not done with Fetterman. We, can, we only have so much time in, ep- in an episode. So we have not forgotten about Fetterman, and we will go into him in, in, in depth. Uh, in the not too distant future. Not that Oz is any better, but Fetterman uh, is an absolute. Um, just, I think he's an, a bigger fraud than Fauci, to be honest with you. Um, so he's, he's kind of like Bald Bull from uh, Mike Tyson's yeah. Punch Out. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. Uh, I thought you were gonna say Night Court. Oh, that that too. Yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> any type of Bald Bull is, fits, yeah. fits him perfectly. Yeah. So. All right. The next the next uh, topic I have here. Um, Climate change, all right. Climate change, and there was something I had sent you on uh, the other day. And this was a, let me find it now. This was a graphic from CBS Mornings, right? CBS Mornings, blue check mark next to this uh, Twitter account from CBS. <laughs> Today's children are thirty percent less aerobically fit than their parents were at their age. A new study found. The study points to climate change and rising temperatures adversely affecting childhood obesity as children spend less time exercising outdoors. <laughs> LOL. That's right. comical. That's comical. So, and this leads me to my next point here with climate change. And I'm, and I'm on the fence about this topic, to be honest with you. I'm leaning more toward the fact that this isn't that big of a deal when I read things like this. Because it, it's becoming more and more a media narrative. It's being shoved down our throat, just like the masks and the vaccines. Uh, a total of 1,200 scientists, 1,200, from across the world, led by a Norwegian physics Nobel Prize laureate professor, declared jointly There is no climate emergency. This came out on August 18th in an article by the World Climate Declaration. There is no climate emergency. Uh, This was published, actually published back on May 27th, that climate science should be less political while climate policy should be more scientific. Uh, You think? So we're going through this whole phase now where we're transitioning, quote unquote, out of a fossil fuel economy into a green economy. We're told that we have to buy electric cars and clean energy, get solar panels on your homes. Look, look, I understand fossil fuels aren't going to be around forever. Okay. I understand that. We're, we can't just keep, you know, tapping the oil until it's gone on planet earth. Although who knows how long that would be in natural gas. But this group is saying the earth goes through cycles, cooling and warming. Um, I just read that the last basically cooling cycle, I don't want to call it a mini ice age, but ended in the mid 1800s. And since then, right, CO2 levels have been steadily on the rise. That also happens to coincide with the Industrial Revolution, right? So I think this is just the Earth going through one of its cycles. That's what this group of scientists are saying. Unfortunately, in mainstream climate science, most of the input is undeclared. To believe the outcome of a climate model is to believe what the model makers have put in. 
This is precisely the problem of today's climate discussion to which climate models are central. Climate science has degenerated into a discussion based on beliefs, not on sound self-critical science. Um, so what do you have any thoughts, opinions on that? Um, right off the bat, you said, I believe 1,200 scientists, you gave a specific hard number. Uh, not a specific, but you actually gave a number. 1,200, it was around 1,200, is that correct? Yes, and they say, go on to say, we are far from understanding climate change. Okay, well, here's what, for the Green New Deal and all, the Green New Deal and all them studies they do, they never give a number 1,200. What they'll say is, it's always 95% of the scientists agree, or 95%, but they never give you a hard number. That makes me wonder, why do they never give a hard number? It's that simple. If 95% of scientists agree, you have to have a number. Well, how many? I want a specific number. Just like four out of every five dentists. Okay, well, how many of the dentists did you have? You can't say 80% of dentists. You got to give a number. You got to give a number of the people who actually read the data or know what you're talking about and, and gave an opinion. Not just 95%. Because yeah. if you remember, the vaccine was 90-some percent effective, and you saw how that turned out. Yeah. Well, and, and if you want to go down the rabbit hole here, the best part of this is they ignore the fact, and I'll keep going on, that enriching the atmosphere with CO2 is beneficial. CO2, carbon dioxide for all of you out there, is not a pollutant. It is essential to all life on Earth. More CO2 is beneficial for nature, greening the Earth. It promotes growth in global plant biomass. And it's also good for agriculture, increasing the yields of crops worldwide. So if you want to go down the, the conspiracy rabbit hole, if they're telling us to take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, wouldn't that eventually lead to maybe less cause maybe a food shortage worldwide? If we're, we're talking about fewer crop yields, I know I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but I, I thought it was that's what simple. it sounds like to me. I, I thought it was just a simple circle where trees make oxygen. Humans breathe the oxygen, make carbon dioxide. The trees breathe the carbon dioxide and then make more oxygen. I mean, that, that is, that is correct. The trees, Trees and plant life use carbon dioxide to grow. I, I mean, I just don't know how yep. we're getting to this conclusion where you need to eliminate carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Yeah. So <laughs> no. then we would have no, we would have, I wouldn't say no, fewer plant growth, fewer tree growth, things like that. We would be basically be looking at a potential barren wasteland if we didn't have carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. That's how I understand that. So makes sense, but hey, trust the science. Trust right? the science. It's right. Science. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, also, we want to talk about a natural gas discovery in Cyprus. We were told by a couple of listeners we need to have more good news. Need more good news, right? So here's your good news. Um, this just came out. This is on from Reuters uh, yesterday. Uh, Total Energies of France and Italy's ENI on Monday announced a significant natural gas discovery at the Kronos One well off of the island of Cyprus. Preliminary estimates indicate that there are about two and a half trillion cubic feet of natural gas in place with significant additional upside that will be investigated by further exploration well in the area. So I'm not going to go into this anymore, but that's all you need to know. There is a significant natural gas discovery. Um, that would be in the Mediterranean, near Greece, off the coast of Cyprus. But that's not a number to sniff at, two and a half trillion cubic feet of natural gas. But 
just for comparison, I want to I want to explain to everybody how much natural gas is in Pennsylvania sitting right underneath the ground that most of us here live in. Pennsylvania sits on 63 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. 63 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. I don't know why we're not paying pennies for our natural gas, considering how much we have right under the ground here. But I just wanted to give our listeners some perspective as to how much natural gas we have here. Uh, at least we did uh, at, the, at the beginning of the of the fracking boom here in Pennsylvania. So maybe, just maybe, uh, they could use that that natural gas they just found off Cyprus for uh, eventually uh, to heat the homes in Europe because they're going to be paying 17 times more in natural gas costs this year uh, as opposed to the last few years. So, And, and don't forget, you, you also, I mean, that, that's great if, they, if you're a CAM, but you got to find a way to transport that. It was right. already all set up. Already all set up to transport it right to Germany and right to the in European countries. And they shut themselves off basically by acting the way they acted. So, right. Self-sabotage. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. Um, and then we also, and this is something we've been talking about the last couple of days, me and you privately. Why should the U.S. care more about peace in Europe than the Europeans themselves? Uh, this is a, a, a poll that we saw on Twitter. Europe's six largest countries offered Ukraine no bilateral military aid in July. Europe's six largest countries offered Ukraine no bilateral military aid in July. You know who did? In the United States. In the form of like $25 billion uh, just in July. And you look at these, I mean, there's no one even close. Why is the United States providing so much military aid to Ukraine and the rest of Europe is just basically washing their hands of this anymore? You know, um, I, I think we know the answer to that. But I just wanted to point this out, that the United States cares way more about Ukraine and offers them way more aid than any other country in Europe. There, there's some links to as to why. I mean, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole with Hunter Biden and then business dealings. But that's that's something you got to just put in the back of yeah. your brain. Yeah. I mean, you have people have to under, like seriously listen to these things that we're just listen to the information we're giving our listeners. And hopefully the light bulb starts to go off and say, you know what? Maybe they're onto something here. Maybe this isn't what we're actually being told it is. And finally here, uh, more good news. More good news. We have, uh, we are not a Kathy Hochul podcast. She's the governor of New York. We're actually the farthest thing from a Kathy Hochul podcast or a Carrie Lake podcast. But um, Kathy Hochul came out and said that she is ending COVID era guidelines for schools in New York City. So long gone are the days where someone tests positive for COVID in a classroom and the whole class is sent home or the whole school sent home and you got to work remote for two or three days until they could sanitize the classroom, right? And all the desks and all the pens and pencils. No more of that in New York State. So uh, good job, Kathy Hochul. Um, We still don't like you, but we applaud your decision. I'm actually shocked she did. I'm actually shocked she did this. Totally, totally shocked. Totally shocked. New York is one of the, the strictest states. I mean, this is a very good sign. I mean, I, I, I hope no states do any of these guidelines for schools, but we'll see what happens, man. It's, we, we got like a week until school starts. So, some people are already starting this week. So, yep. But all right, do you want to? Okay, I'm getting buzz in my ear again. We're gonna have to take a commercial break here first, and then we're gonna come back and do the quick hits. All right, so just stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Do you remember the coronavirus? Well, then you'll love this collection of sound bites from the past few years. Introducing, now that's what I call COVID-19 myths and disinformation edition, including outright lies by Rachel Maddow. Right, instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way, now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. And falsehoods from other outlets, including of all places, Sesame Street. Oh, Rosita, that's great. Getting the COVID vaccine is a great way to stay healthy. See, my mommy and my papi said that it will help keep me, my friends, my neighbors, my abuela all healthy. Your parents are absolutely right. You know, COVID vaccines are now available for children five years and older. And the more people who get them, the better we're going to be able to help stop the spread of COVID and keep everyone healthy. That's right. An entire album filled with a little miss, little miss, little miss information. Call now and buy one and get your second copy for free. But remember, this is misinformation, so we may still charge your credit card for that second one. Maybe even a third one. Hell, the economy's the best it's ever been, so why not a fourth one? You'll never notice. Call and get yours today. Now that's what I call COVID-19 Miss and Disinformation Edition. All right, and we are back here. Um, thinking logically, we are in the twilight of this episode, and we are going to get right into the quick hits here. A little celebratory for me. CNN forced Brian Stelter to do one more show after canceling him. And if you don't know who Brian Stelter is or what he looks like, I suggest you look him up right now. Picture it the clown, but somehow creepier. Sort of like a fatter eunuch version of Tim Curry. If you don't know who Tim Curry is, he was... I believe he played it, the clown, and he was also in movies like Clue and stuff like that. I like the, I like the eunuch shot out there. He sounds like uh, Varys from uh, Game of Thrones. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. The spider. So, but let me give you an idea of what this, this guy, Brian, is like. This thing, whatever you want to call him. Here's a tweet from the early days of COVID. I believe in early, um, early April. I'm going to read it for you. So, last night, I hit a wall. Gutted by the death toll, disturbed by the government's shortcomings, dismayed by political rhetoric that bears no resemblance to reality, worried about friends who are losing jobs, kids who are missing school, and senior citizens living in fear. I crawled into bed and cried for our pre-pandemic lives, tears that have been waiting a month to escape. I wanted to share because it feels freeing doing so. Now is not a time for Fox invisibility. Journos are living this, hating this, like everyone else. All right, now let me play in comparison the video of the last 30 seconds of his show before he was canceled. Here it is. America needs CNN to be strong. I believe the free world needs CNN to be strong, and it will continue to be, because all of us are going to help make that happen. The free world needs a reliable source. So... For reliable sources, for the last time, I'm Brian Stelter. Thanks for being with us. Well, Brian, you yourself were not a reliable source. That's why you were let go. And before we move on, if you've ever read the book 1984, this quote will summarize Mr. Potato Head 
Brian Stelter and his job at CNN perfectly. Mark, will you please read it? He was a faddish but active man of paralyzing stupidity, a mass of imbecile enthusiasms. One of those completely unquestioning, devoted drudges on whom, more even than on the thought police, the stability of the party depended. And that summarizes perfectly Brian Stelter. Um, quickly here, we're going to move on. An FBI agent was sentenced to 18 years. Um, meanwhile, two Michigan people, two, two of the Michigan defendants, now face life behind bars after being found guilty in the plot to kidnap Governor Whitner. Now, these are two separate stories. Um, the first one, an FBI agent last, this week, I think August 19th, pleaded guilty to destroying evidence to frame a pro-Trump political prisoner. Now, that by itself raises a lot of questions. We're going to in the future, maybe. Also, and this just broke maybe about an hour ago, um, the two of the uh, defendants that were on trial, and we've covered this the last few weeks, were actually found guilty today. Now, remember, the judge refused to allow the jury to see the majority of the FBI entrapment text in this Governor Whitmer case. Um, just to summarize the FBI, these people are sick. I mean, when you think of all the things the FBI has done, going all the way back to Ruby Ridge, sickness. And, and if you don't know what Ruby Ridge, is, Ruby Ridge is, we don't have time. Please, though, I implore you, look up Ruby Ridge. The next president, whoever it may be, needs to appoint someone as director of the FBI and just give them one job, one job. Tear it down, top to bottom, ground up, whatever. Just dismantle this three-letter agency for good. That bad. Um, okay, we're going to move on to, this is a funny one, George Floyd's former lawyer who said he died years ago in a viral Facebook post in 2020 is arrested trying to smuggle illegals into the country. Um, you may remember this guy from his, I believe it was on Facebook, a Facebook post he made claiming that George Floyd was, or no, not George Floyd was still alive, that he died years ago and that he was his lawyer. His name's Timothy D. Is it Jaffet? I believe it's Jaffet. Well, this guy was recently caught trying to smuggle three border or three illegals across the border, arrested in Del Rio, and he spent six days in jail. He said he was heading to Eagle Pass to gamble and made a mistake giving the hitchhikers a ride. I find this hard to believe. Um, it's just a weird, weird story. I mean, let's be, let's be honest, uh, especially when you just had three people arrested in ghillie suits last week at the border. Um, we're going to follow this. We're just going to you know, put this in the back of our brains and just remember this one. And then lastly, before we get out of here, we're going to cover an assassination. So I cannot get the tweet. It must have been deleted. Mark, do you know the name of the person? It started with a D. Dugan. Dugan was the name. So his daughter was killed in her car. Well, assassinated was, I believe, part of uh, Putin's inner circle. Correct. Yes, correct. His daughter was killed as well, right? Um, he was not. Uh, the daughter was. Yes. He was not in the car. Um, he, the daughter was. Uh, they thought he was going to be with the daughter. The daughter was killed with a, with a uh, car bomb. Um, so I know you have more details on this, so I want to let you take it. Well, I just don't have any more details. I understand whoever it was. They think it actually might have been women. That, the women that were following her planted it maybe and then escaped into Estonia already. And they're not going right. to be found. Russia is saying that Russia has a name for this person. They said it's a Ukrainian woman um, that was um, trying to get into the country as a refugee. And apparently uh, she planted a car bomb on, um, we'll call it Dugan's 
uh, car. And um, she was able to tell her, plant the car bomb, and then flee into Estonia. Um, so they already I don't know. That's what that's what the Russians are saying. Okay. Um, so I know raises, I know you have uh, you, this is the last take from you is very good. Um, it just raises a lot of questions here. Who's responsible? Is Ukraine responsible? If so, do we continue to fund a country that assassinates the daughters of its enemies? That's 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 a, that's a, that's a line for some people. And don't let me or anyone else find out that this was done using U.S. weapons or intelligence. So it raises the question: Was it Ukraine carrying this out with help from our CIA, or the CIA carrying this out with help? from Ukraine. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I just have the questions here. It's something we need to follow because something like this can cause the world in Ukraine to spill over into other countries and can get us more involved. Not that we should be even be involved now, but... Uh, Joe, yeah. how did World War One get started? Well, I, I, an assassination. An assassination. Franz, Franz Duke Ferdinand? Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated yeah. by uh, the black hand in Serbia, Gavrilo Princip. And sure enough, World War I kicked off in about a month. Yes. And it happens quick. And even World War II. World War II was just a couple of region, region, uh, regional wars. All of a sudden, you had the attack on Pearl Harbor, and that plunged the entire world. Actually, you could say, you could say once Hitler invaded Poland that it plunged the world into war. But it was just a couple of regional wars in Africa and, 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 and Asia. And yep. then... All it takes is one match to be lit, and yep, that's it. But all right, Mark, play us out of here. We got to go. It is Tuesday, and we have stuff to do. So play us out, Mark. All right, and uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, We will catch you guys later in the week. Appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, This is our 10th episode. We've so hit our first milestone. Again, appreciate all the support on Friday. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I have a baby crying in the background. I'm not sure if anyone could hear it, but... Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.